Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft. The world is full of unseen forces. Let me be your guide as we lift the veil and peer into the face of the unknown. This is the major as well. Your 101 guide to all things witchcraft and spiritual. Hey majors, welcome back to the show. This week we're looking into the final element within the Western magical tradition and it's the element of gas or air from here on out. Also, just a heads up, next week's show will be the season finale. I I need to have a break. I love podcasting, but I'm a little bit exhausted, and I just need some downtime. That being said, however, I will still be posting on my Patreon, and you can access these bonus episodes that I'll be posting by subscribing to either the Midnight Mage tier for $3, or my sugar pop mage tier, which is $5, and you get the added bonus of being added into the communal sugar pot spell. I've also uploaded a bonus episode today on there, which focuses on the phoenix. Because when I was looking into the fire magic episode, and I came across the phoenix invocation, I think it's the ancient Egyptian one from the Book of the Dead, I was quite intrigued, and I thought I'd look into it more. And turns out, there's actually a lot that I didn't know about the phoenix. So this is live, and you can get access to my Patreon through the links in the episode description. Now, on to the show. Air is a delicate mixture of a variety of gases, bound to our planet, with the aid of gravity. And life as we know it wouldn't have formed without it. There was no air in the Earth's first days. No atmosphere, and the heat and radiation from the sun made land life impossible. The sea was a safe space, and slowly, simple plants formed, as did their process of photosynthesis. The ability to transform carbon into oxygen, 
and slowly the protective barrier of the atmosphere formed and sea life cautiously crept out of the oceans and onto dry land and the rest is history. Plato believed that once we died and our bodies, the vessel for the soul, decayed, the air would be our new home. The ancients believed that the air from the earth right up to the heavens and to the very moon was filled with deities, spirits, ghosts and witches. To the ancient Egyptians, the god of air was Shu, and he acted as the go-between for heaven and earth, and kept the very sky from falling down, separating Nut or Nut, the sky goddess, and Geb, the god of the land. Shu brings earthly prayers to heaven, and in return he brings light and divine commands to earth. The weather is also closely linked to the element of air, and it carries much symbolism. The sky is seen as freedom, but also a void, often seen as a creator god in many myths and usually a male deity. In the beginning, these sky gods were typically close to the earth, but suddenly, in violence or anger, left, usually taking with him his divine family and leaving a streak of indifference behind them. It really symbolises the volatile nature of the skies and air itself. Often the son of the sky god is the god of the storm, and is usually betrothed to a mother goddess sort of figure. The storm gods are seen as possessing vast amounts of energy, and capable of great acts of destruction bordering on cataclysmic. Usually they were represented by powerful animals like bulls and rams. Yet their presence is tolerated, as with storms also comes fertility and renewal of the land. Thunder goes hand in hand with storms and was explained by the thrashing of great beasts, the bellowing of a bull, the roar of chariot wheels as they were pulled through the heavens by ferocious beasts, transporting various atmospheric gods, the crashing wings of the thunderbird. To the Native American Pawnee Indians, spring thunder marks a return of the gods who retreat from the earth when winter embraces the lands. Festivals and rituals take place to wholeheartedly welcome them back. Lightning was thought to be the gods, delivering justice and retribution. It seeks to destroy that which it touches, but it's also seen as a tool of illumination. Many shamanic societies see lightning-struck individuals as shamans in the making. Clouds formed by evaporated water float around our skies, invoking feelings of peace or if they look particularly menacing, a sense of foreboding. A symbol of giving life, but also taking it, the biblical Noah is testament to this. Clouds also come with a sense of mystery, and that they shroud and shield. We've internalised this with our mind and thoughts becoming clouded, where we lose clarity of a situation. From fog, a more cautious approach is taken. It limits our capabilities and we tread carefully. It has a dreamlike quality, but also a sinister or an eerie one as well. Fog is linked to the realms of the dead, where strange monsters roam the land for all eternity. It's a state between worlds and that which is real and unreal. Wind is caused by the difference in temperature of the Earth's atmosphere and the pressure of the cooler air which is heavier on the warmer air which is lighter. Wind carries with it the ability to pollinate and hold scents, 
Predators can easily use this to their advantage to track down their prey. When the winds whip up, it can be a highly intimidating experience, where they take on human sounds of howling and roaring. The Greeks actually had deities for four different types of wind, and they came from the cardinal direction. They were collectively known as the Anami. The north is Boreas. He brings the cold winter air and has a violent temper. A cult was actually dedicated to him when in 480 BCE, 400 Persian ships that set sail to sack Athens sank due to poor weather conditions. You would call him on a high peak, and stacked stones would be a really good offering. In the west, we have Zephyr. He gently blows in spring winds and warm weather, linking him to fertility. Called on in valleys and meadows, and offered incense of sage and bay. To the south, we have Notus, who ushers in summer winds, heat, and late summer storms. Called on in dry areas, and offered bonfires. To the east is Eurus, who whips up the sea. Sailors would often pray to him to ease their passage, call on him near the sea, and offer him libations. The breath is also heavily linked to this element. After all, it animates the body, and as I mentioned in the breathwork episode, can reveal a lot about our emotional state. Short breaths in panic and deep sighs of relief. The cry of a newborn is a sign that life has begun. On the opposite end of the spectrum, the Inuits describe death as, quote, losing your breath. Currently, now more than ever, we are aware that breath is also the carrier of disease and illness. How would you work with air? Well, air is heavily linked to wisdom and logical thinking, creativity, communication, and inspiration. Rituals around renewal and change fall under air as well. Astral travel is another great way to work with air magic, and interestingly, the internet is ruled over by this element. It's also the closest element to the spirit world. There are three main areas of air magic. That of space, this idea of increasing or decreasing the distance between two things, speed, to get something or get somewhere quicker, and communication, how are we actually coming across? It's governed by the planets Mercury and Jupiter, and it carries a yang energy, and relates to the heart centre. Its direction is east, and the colours are gold, silver, yellow, and white. Good times to work with air magic would be dawn, or within spring, Crystals, ones that are clear or lightweight, so think of quartz or pumice. You could also place on your altar a bell, a sword, you could burn incense, do a smoke cleanse. These are all paying homage to the air element and really interact well with it. Sound and noise is closely related to the element, so again, this idea of ringing cymbals, bells, sistrums, that would be a really nice way to engage with it. The flute also has a special connection to the element. You could play this throughout your ritual. Also, blow whistles. This is great because it actually combines the breath and noise. All these sounds, they're going to stir up stagnant energy and invite more flow into the space. Get clapping too. This is great if you've been feeling lethargic or lack motivation. 
fragrance, again, closely related to air magic, which brings me on to herbs. What is an air herb? What are some of the key traits? Well, they tend to grow quite high. So think of tall trees like poplar and also rootless plants. So tillandsias or air plants, you have probably seen them on Instagram. They are these little weird spiky looking plants and they, are, they effectively don't have a root system. You're supposed to spray them with water and they just pick up the humidity from the, from the air. Moss would be another good one. Also, plants, if they travel through the air or have components that do so, so think of dandelions, particularly when they go to seed and you blow the little seed pods and they disperse through the air. Maple trees give off helicopter pods. If they've got a fresh scent, that makes them related to air. So think of lemongrass and lavender. With this dynamic yang energy, think of phallic looking plants. So celery and asparagus. Plants that are often linked to wisdom fall under air and also divination and prophecy. So think of the hazel tree, because hazelnuts within Celtic folklore would grant vast amounts of knowledge. And my own addition would be the ginkgo tree. Now, it's one of the oldest plant species in the world, and it's thought that the herbivore dinosaurs snacked on it. And also, the leaves look like a cross-section of the brain, which makes me think that it's got this air element and it also contains a lot of vitamin K, which is good for blood flow and particularly good for the brain, linking it back to this idea of wisdom and knowledge. With this same logic, I think walnuts, because the actual walnut looks like a brain, again, does this link to air. Clover is also airy, because lucky plants are governed by this element too. Air is also about speed and expansion, so whatever grows quickly. Plants that fall under that would be devil's ivy. That's the first one that comes to my mind. But any sort of quick-growing, fast plant that really spreads out quickly. And yellow plants as well are usually linked to this element because it's one of its main colour correspondences, but be aware that that can also cross over into fire magic as well. So maybe with a yellow plant, I would go a little bit deeper and see what else is happening with it and whether it would fall under air or whether it would fall under fire. And often, a lot of these plants, there's a mixture. I really don't think that there is one plant that is predominantly the one element. I just think there'll be more of a sway towards one particular element. So that is something to bear in mind. And also, to just wrap up the herbs, parasitic plants, like mushrooms and mistletoe, because the thinking is that these plants, they have to adapt in order to survive. And this is kind of a similar energy to air. Feathers are a powerful tool to work alongside air magic. They are the very symbol of air itself. Birds were omens of death, or good luck, talk about range. They were also messages from the gods, or souls of the dead. And it's believed to find a feather, it is to receive a message from the other worlds, it's thought. If you find one and you feel it's significant, what were you thinking before you found it, and what did you feel or think when you saw it? Different colours of feathers can have different interpretations. So if you find a black one, it could be a warning to bring in protection. Check out my episode on protection to pick up some tricks on that. Brown generally represents home. White is faith and hope. Yellow is success. This is to just name a few. This is a very rough guide, but ultimately I would say, what's your gut telling you? 
you know, when you see a black feather, what is your initial gut reaction to that? Because I think we can have correspondences and we can have these generalized ideas, but ultimately, what is your interpretation of that situation? Because often, different cultures, different belief systems will assign different correspondences to different things. So I tend to take correspondences with a little pinch of salt, and it often comes up a lot within the elements. I've been noticing as I've been doing these, the directions are vastly different. Some cultures say um, the east is water, others say it's air. There's no set correspondence. There's no universally agreed correspondence for these sort of things. So that's just something to bear in mind. Birds themselves also carry different meanings. So crows would represent wisdom and letting go of negative energy. Swans hold cleansing, purification and beauty. Magpies bring in magic and divination. Eagles bring peace and protection. Blackbirds are inspiration and creativity, just to name a few and to just get you thinking about that and give you some ideas about it. Feathers can be used as charms, as amulets and within spells themselves. Personally, I've incorporated feathers into my own practice by collecting some from a local park and creating a fan to waft cleansing smoke when I burn herb sticks. What I would say if you want to work with feathers is gather them yourself, or at the very least try get them from an ethical source. I think the idea of harming birds so we can obtain for use in our own practice, it doesn't sit well with me. I just think have a high ethical standards within your practice just to further add more potency and power to your workings. I don't know, that's my take on it anyway. The Major's Well Shop is now stocking Rosemary Smoke Cleanse Bundles, handmade by me. It's locally and sustainably sourced in small batches so the rosemary bush isn't harmed. I then wrap it with recycled string under a waning moon to further empower its cleansing abilities. Rosemary is a wonderful herb to cleanse a space with, and it's a powerful expeller of evil and stagnant energy. Perfect to cleanse any space as part of a general clean or preparing the area for ritual work. It's also particularly good for cleansing a space after a prolonged period of illness. Rosemary has strong associations with memory and it's a wonderful ally for ancestral workings. It's a powerful and ethical alternative to white sage. Available now over at themajorswell.com I think it's an understatement to say the past year has been intense. So I thought I'd create an oil that's designed to sweep away the debris, get you ready for a brand new fresh start, and to give a sense of freedom and the optimism that's associated with this. I've named it Freedom Oil, and this idea of a new beginning is being ushered in with a powerful blend of 10 oils, four of which are Violet Leaf, a deep and mysterious scent that reminds you of crushed green leaves sprawled out on a warm, earthy and grassy floor. Violet Leaf brings with it the intense energy of renewal, growth, and confidence. There's cedarwood, a warm, aromatic, and woody scent. Cedarwood, like all conifers, is associated with eternal life, 
and aligning oneself to their higher purpose. The energy of cedarwood helps to clear confusion while grounding you so that you may make the right decisions with clarity and focus. There's fir. It's fresh, balsamic, green, gentle, yet powerful, with an energy that symbolizes life, abundance, prosperity, fertility, and growth. Finally, we have ylang-ylang, a sensual and erotic scent that's often used as an aphrodisiac. The energy of this flower is playful and vibrant, definitely energy I want in my life at the minute. It instills confidence, it gives hope and vigour to approach life with optimism. I really wanted the user to be transported to a fresh forest, to feel uplifted and emerge once again ready to take on the world. Magically speaking, there's a lot that you can do with this oil and it's easy to incorporate it into rituals around turning over a new leaf, breathing new life into something, having the courage to start something new. It's a very future-focused oil, and it's also good to use around the idea of letting go of the past. Freedom Oil is available now on themajorswell.com. Now the main elemental spirit for air is the sylphs, thought to derive from the Greek sylphae, meaning butterfly or moth, but this is debated. Though they are depicted as cloudy or misty beings, other air spirits would include winged fairies, sprites, spirits, to name a few. But these sylphs, they are seen as the protectors of women and the environment, so you could incorporate them around spells of that nature. Also, they have a link to poets and writers, supposedly whispering inspiration into the ear when creative blocks came. If you are struggling with creativity or if you need a little burst of it, you could try petition them. How would you go about doing that? Well, to summon a sylph, use a ritual broom. This is often used to communicate with them. And you would throw the broom into the air whilst focusing on your intent. You could also burn windflower, either the japonica or the anemone varieties. You want to use the flowers, the leaves and the stems, heavily, heavily, heavily associated with sylphs. And you could also hang wind chimes near your altar as well to just try and hone the energy around your altar and put out that signal that you want to communicate with them and you want to interact with them as well. What deities would you work with in relation to air? Well, there's loads, there's absolutely loads, mainly because air is connected to weather. So any weather deity, generally speaking, will have this connection to air. Iolos is the father of the four Greek winds which I spoke about earlier, or you could choose one of those to work with depending on what your focus is. The Egyptian Omun was known as the invisible one and is linked to air. The Sumerian An is the personification of heaven, Aradria is the Italian witch goddess and symbolises air. The Canite Baal is the rain god and was sometimes referenced as the rider of the clouds. Feng Popo is the Chinese mistress of air and she rides on a tiger across a network of clouds and her winds she keeps within a bag on her back. Oya is the Yoruba warrior Arisha of storms, winds, hurricanes and also heals lung diseases that idea of breath in there as well. Lilith, 
I've mentioned her in the sex and fertility episodes, also a wind spirit. There's also the Hungarian Slalanya, whose name translates to Mother of Winds, and she actually keeps the winds in a cave, which is quite a common narrative with wind deities, and this cave is at the top of the mountain at the ends of the world. To an extent, the winds are said to reflect her mood. Vayu is the Hindu deity of winds and breath. And finally, Enlil is the Sumerian god of the air. I've just named a few, just to give you ideas, but there are loads of wind deities. And also, as usual, when working with deities, please consider the cultural implications of working with those that lie outside your cultural heritage. Rituals. What rituals and what spells can you be doing around this concept of air magic? Well, you could actually try working with the wind. One of the first mentions of wind magic actually comes from the Odyssey, where Odysseus has a bag of wind as a gift from Iolos. Remember, he is the father of the four cardinal winds within Greek mythology. Now, Odysseus's crew, they unwittingly open it, releasing all the winds at once, blowing them off course, and essentially starting their ten-year journey home. Witches have a long history of them working with wind. They would often sell knotted cords imbued with wind magic around the idea of controlling the winds, and it was often sold to sailors. You could get some ship's rope or some red cord and tie three knots, starting with the left end, saying, I ask for the blessing of Iolos, the ruler of the winds, to harness into this cord the power of the storm. In the knot of one, a breeze has begun. In the knot of two, good winds and true. In the knot of three, a gale to see. And you would want to do this as you're tying each knot, and do it on a windy day to really try capture and harness its energy. Store it somewhere high in your home, and when you need the wind, untie it in reverse order outside. And if you undo all three at the same time, there's going to be strong winds. You could also experiment with this if you're able to braid your hair and contain the wind within your locks. You could try invoking the gentlest of the four winds, West Wind Zephyr, great for relationships and healing. Simply face west while the wind is blowing and speak out loud your desires. You could also say, West Wind Zephyr, I summon you. And you would say this three times, and you could also throw sand into the air. Air governs travel, and particularly flying. Shocker. If you have anxiety around planes, I found this next spell from Emma Keitela. Do it the night before you travel. You're gonna need a toy aeroplane, and you're gonna need to have something sharp so you can actually carve a pentagram into it. And once you've done that, you would anoint the toy with anise oil. Place on your altar and surround it by three leaf clovers, which I believe they're quite easy to find online. And then afterwards, the next day, when you're getting ready, you could actually take the toy with you if you like. To bring in a new lover, get some red thread that's as tall as you and then fold it, and then tie into the thread nine knots. And each time you say something that you're looking for in a lover, so kindness, nice smile, whatever. So you want to say one of these each time you tie one of the nine knots. And you can also add things into the knots as well, like feathers or flowers or crystals or maybe pictures. I don't know, get creative with that one. And on the ninth knot, you want to tie the two strands together and also within that have a bell as well. 
And on this knot, you want to say, sweet sound of love, I summon thee into my life. As this bell rings and sings, so does my lover come into my life. And you want to hang this in your window and open the window every morning to hear its chime. Throughout South America, the winds are called the Aries, and often they contain spirits, sometimes of a dangerous nature. Mesopotamian folklore believed wind spirits carried disease. Black clay figures would be created, incantations and sacred verses and prayers were said over them, and then they would be carried to the site where the infection or disease was said to be passed along, along with a food offering. A cleansing ritual was then conducted and everything was buried. Then the patient and the healer would return home without looking back. This could be something to look into if you're recovering from illness to complement a medical treatment. But please, don't solely rely on magic to heal conditions. They should only ever be used to complement medical treatments. If you feel like your creative channels are blocked, place the item of your creativity, for example, your book manuscript, your painting, your podcast script, whatever, onto your altar. Rub some lavender oil on it, it doesn't have to be a lot. And while doing so, you want to sprinkle dried lavender flowers over it and say, Muse of art, muse of sound, muse of thought. Gather round, I ask for power, for shining light, creativity in this rite. And you want to leave all this on your altar until you feel unblocked. If you feel trapped by circumstances or blocked, try this freedom spell. You want to paint a Kanaz rune onto a quartz crystal that has a point. The rune kind of looks like a V pushed on its side. Kanaz, if you want to look it up, is K-E-N-A-Z. And then you want to use white string or wool to wrap around five feathers to secure them to the crystal. And then you want to hang this in the highest point in your house. And you could also amplify this by anointing the crystal with my freedom oil that I've got on my shop. You can also see if you can summon wind, useful on a hot day. Traditionally this was done by whistling, and using different tones would invite a different type of wind. For example, a low pitch will bring a light wind, short and sharp will bring strong winds. Take a deep breath, ground and focus on your energy as you breathe in, and you want to feel the energy from the breath, and you want to mix it with your intent and just infuse the two, and then begin whistling channeling the mixed energy along with your intention, which is focused by the type of whistle that you produce. Working too much with this element can see you becoming a bit ditzy, a bit forgetful. Grounding is key here. You might start to detach, and you may start to struggle to empathise. Air magic can be difficult to control, and it can bring up a lot of unpredictable results. It may require you to be flexible for a period of time. Try working with water or earth magic to balance it out. Alternatively, you could breathe to the four cardinal directions and pray to the sylphs to release you. Final thoughts. Call in the different four winds, which I spoke about earlier when casting a circle, when you want to focus on air magic. Especially do this around workings which the desire is for rapid change or results. You could meditate in the wind and focus on things that you want to release. Alternatively, with its link to inspiration, you could work with it around this concept as well. See what inspiration comes up in a windy meditation. 
You could practice divination with smoke, ask your question and look for signs in the smoke. You could condition your brain with scent. When good things happen to you, spray a perfume. When bumps and negative energy happens, spray another type of perfume. Over time, your brain's going to associate these smells with different states of mind and different emotions. You can then use these perfumes to influence and condition your mind. Open all the windows in your house and feel the energy surging. Imagine all the negativity being swept out of your space and you could try ringing bells as you do so. Start thinking about the air quality in your home if you haven't already. Indoor air pollution is becoming more of a thing. All plants clean the air, but snake and spider plants are particularly good at it. Avoid chemical cleaners, opt for more eco-friendly alternatives, or try making your own. Some types of candles can give off toxic fumes, as well as new carpets, new furniture. How can you make the air that you breathe while at home and sleeping cleaner? To imbue your tools with the energy of air and also to cleanse them, suspend them somewhere high. Breathwork would be wonderful to connect to this element. Check out my episode on that. You could also try getting a clay jar with a cork and leaving it open on a windy day and then close it when the wind clears. When you need wind again, go outside and open your jar, releasing the energy that you've harnessed. You could also do this within workings which require speed. Air is said to have the most human-like qualities out of all the elements, and it can be very easy to work with. For my own practice, I think mine incorporates more of this element than any of the others. To quote Guion Raven, Air is breath, air is laughter, air is song, and air is flight. And I also think that it's movement and dynamic energy. I've been feeling so lethargic and so unmotivated the past few months. I went for a walk and incidentally it was really windy, which is quite rare for London. And just feeling the sensation on my skin and through my hair, it was a massive boost. And it's an element that you can really experience and has this untamable wildness about it. Get outside and feel this element on your skin. In line with last week's episode where I spoke about justice, we really need the sweeping energy of air at present, where all around the world we're seeing protests and unrest. We need air to clear and to sweep away old structures and modes of thinking that no longer serve and that are outdated. Historically, the winds have heavily been associated with change. And I think that's something as a society that we really need right now. What will you change when you summon the winds? And majors, that's it. That's a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. My intent with this podcast is to provide guidance and inspiration for those on their spiritual path and to talk about interesting parts of history relating to spirituality. I also want to connect you with information that is both useful and reliable. Would you like to support me and encourage me in creating more episodes? With your support, I can give the podcast more time and create more quality content. 
You can support me through Patreon and gain access to exclusive content and be part of the Mages Well community, as well as being in the communal sugarpots bell. The link is in the episode description. You could also support me by following my Instagram at the Mages Well, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, and telling your friends about the show. Please get in touch with anything you wish to share at themajorswell at gmail.com and you may just get featured. A big Peace thank you to Carol Sinclair for the podcast artwork. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.